Happy May. This episode is airing on May 1st, and it kicks off the beginning of a special series I am hosting this month. May is for Mamas, in honor of Mother's Day, and honestly, just the constant juggling all of us are doing right now with our kids home from school. I thought I'd put together some special episodes dedicated to all of you mamas listening. Now, you can expect two episodes to air per week. Instead of just every Tuesday, you're going to get one on Tuesday and on Friday during the month of May. And I'm going to be alternating between myself teaching some practical topics and tips and also having a special guest who brings her own expertise that will help lift your load a little and encourage you. Today, we're kicking off the series with a special guest, Kate from Naptime Kitchen. Let me just say, I feel like she is my cooking mentor and she doesn't even know it. I always go to her blog, naptimekitchen.com. I always watch her Instagram stories. She's so real and so funny. But when I'm in need of a good recipe or some motivation or inspiration and I don't know where to go, I go to Kate. She is practical. Like I said, she's funny. She's just all around so helpful and enjoyable. So if you don't know about Kate, go follow her on Instagram, follow her blog. You're going to hear a lot about her recipes today as we talk about them. Make sure you visit the show notes so that you can click on some of them to try them. But I hope you enjoy our conversation all about meal planning, which is something I have really struggled with. You're listening to Work and Play with Nancy Ray, episode 56. Much of our daily lives can be divided into two categories, work and play. Simply put, that is where our life and our legacy take place. This is a podcast all about learning to work and play well, which leads to a healthy soul and a fulfilling life. Listen in. Kate, thank you so much for coming on the Work and Play podcast. I am so honored and excited to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. I am a fan of the Work and Play podcast, so thanks for having me. You're very sweet. I have to tell you the story before we get into meal planning because I have a million questions for you. But um, when I had my third baby a little over a year ago, I had a meal dropped off to me by a dear friend. And it was your honey butter chicken recipe. And she dropped it off with all of these sides. And I literally, like, I can't even tell you, I'm sure you have memories of certain meals when your kids are newborns, but like, that was my meal that I remember after I had Beaufort, my little boy, because it was so good. And I remember, I, you know, when you're nursing and you have a little baby, it's like you eat so much and food tastes so good, especially when friends are dropping them off for you. But I remember texting her and being like, Catherine, what in the world is this meat? Like this chicken is so good. I ate like three plates of it. My family loved it. You have to tell me. And she sent me your recipe. And I had heard of you and had tried some of your recipes, but like that recipe did it. I was like, okay, now from now on, I'm trying everything that Kate recommends. Like it's so good. It's so easy. So that's kind of my intro story about how much I love your food and the one meal that like did it for me. And so everybody who's listening, you have to you have to go try the honey butter chicken recipe now. I'll leave it in the show notes because it is literally one of my favorite meals. It's like a standard in our house now. It's so good. Thank you. And it's a crock pot. It's easy. It's an easy exactly. one. I'm sure you could do it in the instant pot too. Oh um, yeah. I've only done it in the crock pot, but yeah, I'm a big fan of the instant pot too. So um well today I really 
just want to ask you so many questions about meal planning. And before we get to that, I just want to learn kind of more about you and your family and how Naptime Kitchen kind of came to be. Yes. So I, um, so I am Kate. My husband is Nate. We have three children, um, John Robert, Scout, and Millie, and they are four, three, and one. Um, and Naptime Kitchen started when John Robert was seven months old. I remember because he was taking two naps a day, and I just found myself to be kind of bored. And so I was cooking a lot. Um, I come from a family that loves to cook. My mom is an incredible cook. My grandmother is a wonderful cook. Um, all of my siblings also cook. Um, and so it's just kind of always been where I drifted when I had free time or spare time as I, I was in the kitchen. And my mom is the same way. Like on a Saturday, you can find her in her kitchen cooking with the cooking channel on. And so, um, I think I was just, it kind of became a hobby and it's really funny to see how Naptime Kitchen has morphed because at the time I was kind of making more involved recipes because I had the time. It was like, I have a two hour block this afternoon. So I was, well, I was learning, I was trying out recipes, but then also I was learning how to cook during nap time because it was impossible to cook at the actual time before dinner. Because you just, I just learned very quickly with a baby, you can't really cook at five to eat at six. There's just normally a nursing session in there. It's the witching hour. So I was learning how to cook between like two and four and then reheat it or or have it be ready at dinner time. Um, So Naptime Kitchen was, I really, I had a personal Instagram and I was posting food there. And then I was like, maybe I should make an Instagram that's just for food because it's kind of, I don't want to be like constantly posting recipes for people that could care less about it. So I started Naptime Kitchen and that was in 2015. Um, So it's funny to see how it's morphed because I had a lot of time, um, a napping baby. And then now, you know, what is it really five years later, it's way less time and more babies. (laughs) So it's funny to see how the recipes have gone for, from a lot more involved to like, what can I dump in a crock pot <laughs> for dinner? <laughs> well, it's, yeah, totally. And I, I feel like I'm still learning the lesson to cook during nap time or like cook earlier in the day because yes. it, it's something you have to do as a mom of young kids because you're exactly right. There's no way I can whip up a meal an hour before dinner, like I used to, like that gone are the days that you can do that, you know? Um, but I totally agree. I feel like my cooking and every mom, right. We are cooking our meal planning. It all morphs and changes as we have kids. And then the more kids we add, it's like, what can be the most simple, effective, delicious dinner that is stress-free and healthy. And it, you know, it has to check these boxes for us, but that's hard to do. It can kind of get frustrating and hard and I don't know. I feel like sometimes I just throw up my hands and I'm like, I can't do this. I want to order pizza. You know, of course there are those days, but um, I love that. I love that it started then when you had one kid and he was napping twice a day. How, like, how has that changed? Do you feel like now that you have three little ones, because mine are four, two, and one, and yours are four, three, and one. Mm-hmm. Did you say? Yeah. Yep. So our kids are right, right there together. How do you feel like has changed or what are some really good uh, tips or things that you've had to learn as you have added children? Um, 
Well, I think that the main thing I have learned is that not every meal needs to be a banquet. Um, not every yeah. meal has to be. And so that, I think that really helps me keep my sanity because I cannot really provide, you know, we say five meals because like the weekends feel a little bit more like a free for all, but really it's feels more like 15 meals because at the ages of our children, we're providing breakfast and lunch as well. So that's just it's more than just dinner, you know, when yeah. you're really thinking yeah. about how many meals you prepare. So I, I have really, I feel like I have, I have a lot of grace for myself in this area of what they eat for dinner. Um, so I'll have maybe three nights a week that feel like a good planned dinner and two nights a week that feel way more like you're having a peanut butter and jelly with a pickle and some applesauce. Like yep. that's and and I think it's so great because they don't care. They could care less. Last night I actually made chicken nuggets out the freezer and a box of macaroni and cheese. And my son John Robert came in and was like, Oh mom, you made a special dinner. Like, no. <laughs> like she was, it was like my gift to them to give them like the most convenient food. You know, they were so yep. excited because they're, I said, what makes this special? And he's like, well, a lot of your meals we don't like. <laughs> I was like <laughs> Isn't that the truth? The meals that we work the hardest on yes. and are spending hours in the kitchen, we make it, yeah. we're so excited to give to our kids and they're like, no. I, yeah. this, I don't like it. Like, oh, why? Like, why not just grab the bag of frozen chicken nuggets? But that's so, too funny. I know. Um, so I think that that has probably helped a lot. It just, I don't, I don't have the pressure on myself that every meal needs to be wonderful. But I have gotten to the point where I really feel like the good meals are for me. It's, it's sort yes. of for them, but it's really not. It's for me. It's because I'm not going to eat the same boring food every night. Like life is too great. And I like to cook too much to eat just boring food. So if they want to complain about the chicken and rice dish that I made, then they're going to just complain and I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it because it was I delicious and I got to make it. So totally, uh, yeah. So meal planning for me, Kate is the worst. Like I, I can't even tell you, I feel stressed and anxious when Sunday rolls around and I realize like we're low on food and, you know, the kids are wild and crazy and we're all home. And I just, I feel bad sometimes taking time away from the family to sit down and make a meal plan. And I literally, I just want you to tell me your ways. I'm like, I want Kate to mentor me right now and tell me like, how do you do it? I want to know practical stuff. Like when do you do it? What time of day? How often do you meal plan? Do you do it once a week? Do you shop for the whole month? Like, do you have a standard set of recipes that you rotate through? Cause mm-hmm. for me, I'm not, so I'm not like a super passionate like chef, right? I'm not mm-hmm. cooking in the kitchen. I, my mom was a great cook. I enjoy cooking. It's not that I hate it by any means. I really do enjoy it, but I think that I just have kind of a standard handful of meals I get stuck in the rut. I feel like a lot of moms probably feel this way. And I just start to get anxious when I'm like, I literally can only think of five meals. And we had those five meals last week. (laughs) Like, how do you, how do you go about meal planning to where it's not so heavy and anxious and stress inducing, but it actually can be fun. And you just, yeah, you just tell me your ways. I want to learn. 
Well, I guess one thing I would say to start is like the meal planning is just not a morality issue. And I think for a lot of women, especially it can feel like one, like if, if I do not enjoy this task of feeding my family, I am in some way like not a good mom, but it's Mm. just, it's very untrue. So I think if you are someone that is, is like, this is just not something I really love and am passionate about. It's, it is totally fine to let that not be a a strength. It doesn't have to be like, you might be incredible at like playing Legos with your child, which is something that is difficult for me. You know, I sit there and I'm like, oh, I really don't enjoy doing this. Right. They're so good at play. Like they're so good at play. Um, And so it's, I think I would start there is it's just, it's really not a morality issue. Um, And so for me, I, so I will, to start, I am this, I have seen this to be a really huge question. So it is something that I am creating a guide for, um, that'll be out this fall, um, that I'm really excited about. It is not going to be a meal plan. It is going to try and teach people how to do it best for their lives. And so for, for someone like me that is passionate and loves cooking, meal planning is probably exciting because I like to cook. So I'm excited to try something new or riff something. But I know to a lot of people, it's not. So for someone like you, I'd say it's totally fine if you had a list of maybe your list would be like 30 recipes. That if you could sit down one day and think of 30 recipes that you love, it would feel a lot easier to plug those in because then your family's only eating something again once a month. And you know, it it wouldn't be because you're not going to make 30 meals a month. You're going to have pizza nights and you're going to go out to eat some. And, but if you had probably a bigger pool of recipes to pull from that you just know are like things you like and winners in your household, that is, that is a fine way to do it. Like, I don't know. I think a lot of this too comes back to, um, Sorry, I will get to the nitty gritty, I promise. But no, you're good. This is all great. Generally speaking, like, you know, from a, again, from like the morality perspective, odds, odds are pretty high that most women listening to this podcast, most women that follow Naptime Kitchen, they're probably feeding their families so well, like better than 99% of the world eats is how they're probably feeding their families. And so, man, I just think if your child is having a rotation where they're getting exposure to some fruits and some vegetables, they are doing so well. Like if your child isn't eating like Doritos and Pepsi for breakfast, they're really probably, you're probably doing such a better job than you even realize. Like, I mean, if you are waking up and, and hand making anything, I mean, putting a toaster waffle in for your child, that you're doing a great job. Like you really are. And so I just think if you're sitting there thinking like, man, I make the same 30 things. The fact that you are actually cooking food for your family is huge. I mean, it's just huge. Um, so I just think there's so much pressure that can be taken off there in terms of like fear is my children, is my child getting the right nutrition? It, it odds are they are probably doing just fine. They really yeah. probably, um, which is something I have, I have really come back to time and time again. Um, so I think that's that- such a good perspective because it's like a first world problem that we yes. anguish about and we like, have so much anxiety over. 
And if we just take a step back, look at the entire world and how crazy blessed we are, how we have full pantries and full freezers. I mean, we, yeah, I just love that you said that because I think that can free somebody from the guilt. And honestly, it's just encouraging. I'm like, I need to tell myself that every week and just let the pressure off myself because I put it on myself. Nobody else is putting this pressure on me. Yeah, it's true. And, and, you know, I think in terms of social media, you have to remember who you're following and there are going to be people you follow that make incredible food for their family, but they, it's probably their passion. And so let them inspire you in ways that they can, but they're, they're not setting like a standard that you have to reach. You know, I, yeah. I think about that for me a lot. It's like, oh, you got to understand. I love to cook. And I love having people share recipes, but that doesn't mean that you have to cook as often as I do. I like it, you know? So that'd be like a professional runner. I can like love that they are a runner, but that doesn't mean I am expected to run as much as them. You know, it's, it, so it doesn't need to equate to like, oh gosh, I need to be doing exactly that. So I think like, take what, take what inspires you and helps you. And if it's hindering you on social media, you know, let that stuff go. Um, so sorry, down to a few practicals. I tend to meal plan once a week. I, um, I do grocery shopping online. I do, um, Whole Foods delivery, the, their prime now app. I have just, it'd be a whole separate podcast, but I just love it. I, it's an Amazon, it's an Amazon run system and Amazon does, oh, they just do it so well. I mean, they just, they have it figured out. So the grocery shopping is easy. I'm constant. I'm adding things throughout the week to my grocery list because I'll just see we're out of something and I'll quickly add it to my grocery list through the app. But I sit down once a week and I assess the pantry and the fridge. And from there, um, I make a list of five to six meals that we could have. Now, obviously, so I'm assessing the pantry and the fridge to see what we have. And then I am also at the same time kind of making a grocery list. So if there's a meal I really want to have, I'll see what we have in the pantry and the fridge. If we don't have all the aspects, I'll add those to the grocery list. If I... Are all of these... So quick question. Are all of these meals that you're talking about just meals that you create out of your brain because you like to cook? Or do you have a list of meals that you pull from? I... So I don't have a physical list, but I do have probably 10 meals that are just like a no-brainer recipe for me. Yeah. So like, okay. um, you know, the Greekish crockpot chicken that's on my blog as a no-brainer. There's a lot that are just kind of elements coming together. So like I'll make some quinoa, I'll make some chicken, I'll cut some veggies and kind of use those throughout the week. Yeah. Um, I, but, and so like maybe one meal a week for me would be, a recipe that I have found on the internet that requires some ingredients that I need to purchase from the store because I don't always have them. Um, so I, but I think a huge way we kind of save money is we've, we found our rotation of just foods we like, and then we throw them together in a million combinations in a million different ways. So like one week we'll have Greekish chicken, which is like chicken with oil and vinegar. And then maybe the next week we'll have pasta salad, which is pasta with oil and vinegar. Just a kind of a cuisine that we like is probably the best way to describe it. Um, That we always have the essentials on hand. Like you are not going to find me in my house without olive oil 
it's just not going to happen. We cook with it a ton and use it in a ton of things. So there's definite staples that I just am using constantly. And something I I do, I will talk about in the meal plan guide is kind of identifying your family's preferred cuisine. And so Hmm. like maybe your family loves Asian food. So you like, it would be hard for someone to to find your house without soy sauce or fish sauce. So you know on any given night, you probably have the staples in your pantry to throw together a really easy stir fry. My house, it would be harder to find that stuff. We don't we don't eat it a ton, but more of like a Mediterranean Italian meal. I would have I always have pasta. I always have pasta sauce. Like I always have those elements. Um so you, yeah, like you might find your family like drifts towards Mexican. You always have black beans. You always have sour cream. So you always kind of have some of the staples that are easy to throw together your fast meals that your family likes. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I think sometimes people can try in a week to make an Asian meal and a Mexican meal and an Italian meal. And next thing they know, they're buying like 19 rare ingredients because they're trying to make like a million different things, which is fun, but it's, I think it's a lot of work. And then you have, you end up having to buy a lot of ingredients. And then a year Uh, later, you have all these really weird things that are expired that have been taking up space in your pantry. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Whereas you might kind of, you know, start to learn more of ingredients that are really easy in a million different things. Um, Like I was trying to think of one, like a I, we always have cans of diced tomatoes because I can put them in a million different things and they just work. Um, I, I would never, I love that because I would never just buy a can of diced tomatoes unless there's yeah. like a recipe that calls for it. But just kind of reframing my thinking to what does my family like? I would say we're definitely Mexican, Italian, and then sometimes Greek. I uh-huh. would say would be like the cuisines that we really go to, Mexican, Italian for sure. Um, but just to think about it in that way, have the things on hand so that I can throw something together. Yeah. I love that. So basically I'll make, I'll have kind of a list of five to six recipes that we could have that week. Um, but I don't plug them in for the day of the week. So I, I really do. I have a sheet of paper that on the left-hand side says Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And on the right-hand side has the six meals listed out. But I don't write them Monday through Friday because I do not personally want to be pinned down to what day that recipe is made because I just might not want it yeah. on that day. So for me, it's more so like on Tuesday morning, if I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know what's for dinner. I don't, ha- I just look at the six meals and I say, which one of these do I feel like eating tonight? And that's the one I end up cooking. So it's like, I've done the prep work, but I I haven't pinned myself down to like, oh, it's Tuesday. Oh, spaghetti's for dinner. I really wish we were having something other than spaghetti. It's like, great. Don't make spaghetti tonight. Like push, you know, I'll choose a different meal on the list. Um, There's almost always one that is pulled from my freezer. And there is almost always one that I am making enough of to put one in my freezer. So the freezer is like an easy way to get new meals out there and to double up a recipe to have some in the freezer. Yeah. Um, so, so that's when you do freezer, freezer meals, 
Yeah, you just make the meal, but like double portion and then freeze half of it so that it's an easy pullout for yes. a couple weeks from now. Okay. Yeah. Like once a month, my mom and I will get to do together and do like a bulk freezer meal where we'll make a ton of something and we'll make it for ourselves and we'll package them in foil and label them to be able to like gift when people need a meal. Um, but normally on a normal basis, I'll just take a recipe and double it so that I have and really anything. Like if I'm making muffins, I never make one batch. I am always going to double it because there's no way I'm going to get out that stinking mixer and only make 12 muffins. Yeah. I mean, it drives me insane. <laughs> so I, I try anything I see that I'm like, this is easily doubled. I'm going, cause it's just, there's really no extra work involved yeah. in doubling, but you get twice as much food. Um, and, I, and one thing too with with freezer cooking that I think people can forget is like just because something says it's for a nine by thirteen, you can make it for a nine by thirteen, or you could double it and you could make three eight by eights of it. Mm. Um, so yeah. you know, there's a lot of flexibility in your size. Like you know, if you if you have a small family or it's just you and your husband and one baby, an eight by eight might be enough for you. So you could double it and make three to four meals out of it instead of having this like giant lasagna <laughs> to, to eat. Yeah. Um, and then you, you feel bad because you're not eating the leftovers and you end up throwing yes. them all away because you're sick of lasagna by the end of the week. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so yeah, I think that would be my biggest, the way that I meal plan is thinking for meals and then, um, but not pinning them to a certain day because especially in Charleston, the weather dictates a ton for us. I mean, it's just, yeah. we get pulled outside and I'm like, there's no way I'm making chili right now. It's beautiful, you know? And, um, and again, going back to that, like grace and flexibility piece, I just have no problem scrapping dinner and making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. It's no, like it does not bother me at all. And I, I remind myself a lot too. My kids eat really great, uh, breakfast and lunch, um, for the most part. And I'm like, man, even if they eat, like, don't eat dinner, frankly, they, they, they have eaten well. I'm just, I, I do not have guilt over what they are eating. So, and they do, I mean, they eat well, but you know, yeah. No, I feel you there because a lot of times my kids will do the same thing. They eat great breakfast, lunch, and then they will eat like two bites of their dinner. And I get all worked up about it. But I'm also like, well, if they don't want it, then they don't want it. And this is dinner. So there you go. You know, are you one of those moms that's like, this is what we're having for dinner. You can eat it if you want it or just leave it. And like, that's it. Or do you make like an extra kind of kid plate for them? I, so I, it's so funny. I think when I, I shared this on my Instagram once, I think I called it like being sensitive to the spirit. Um, but I kind of, I feel like I know my kids well enough to know what's going to go over well and what's not. Yes. Yeah. And so from a, from a very like practical standpoint, we have those replay plates that are a square and they have one big compartment and two smaller compartments. Yeah. And so if we're having something that's new to them, I tend to put it in one of the two smaller compartments and then put, usually they have like a fruit or a vegetable side. And then depending on what it is, like I might make, I might serve something that's just very familiar. So I'm, I was trying to think if we were having like maybe some form of quinoa with chicken or something that I wasn't sure if they would like, I might make 
non, and I'm talking the like Trader Joe's frozen non, but I would make that as a side because I know they love it and it's really familiar and I know they're going to get something to eat, but they still have that, the new thing on their plate to try, but it's not like I give them this heaping portion of the new thing and I'm like, eat this. So it's more so just like, Hey, you can try it. And a lot of times they'll like it. Like I made sesame chicken pasta the other night. I did not know if it was going to be a winner and every one of them cleared their plates. And I was like, wow, great to know. I mean, next there week they not like it. Um, yep. so I, I tend to think more, okay, is there a side item that I could put with the meal to kind of aid them? Like, I think when I made the sesame chicken pasta, I cut up apple and cheddar cheese and I put cheese and apples on their plate as well. Because I was like, those are two things they love. It'll help fill them up. And if the pasta is just a fail, they're getting something. But I'm not going back to the kitchen to make them a special meal. So they are very aware, like, what is for dinner is what's for dinner. But they don't realize that I'm giving – I'm trying to help them out by giving them sides that I know will be winners. I love that. I I feel very validated right now because I definitely do something similar, if not the same thing, where it's like I give them their plate, but what's for dinner is what's for dinner. But I do try to make it like as appetizing and appealing to them as possible. So yeah, always putting something on their plate that I know that they'll like. But I love your idea of putting the new thing kind of in one of the smaller mm-hmm. partitions instead of like the big one because it feels like, ah, mom, I'm I'm going to hate this meal. You know, they get very dramatic yeah. about it. Um, but that's that's super helpful. That's awesome. I feel like yeah, like kids, it's just hard. Like sometimes I get so stressed out when they don't want to eat what I cook them and I've spent hours cooking for them. And so just yeah. kind of putting it out there and also just reminding yourself they ate breakfast and lunch too today. They're mm-hmm. going to be fine. We're good. Yeah. They're going to, you know, they're going to be fine. Um, while also giving them nutritious food and introducing new things to them so that they don't live off of mac and cheese for the rest of their life or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So what are, you said you love Whole Foods ordering delivery. I love that. Um, what are some of your favorite, I know you're big into Trader Joe's too. So what are your favorite grocery stores that you shop at? Whole Foods, Trader Joe's. Whole Foods, Trader Joe's and Costco are probably our three. I, this is kind of funny, but I like, I loathe Harris Teeter. I just don't enjoy it. It's, it bothers me. I just, I think Whole Foods gets this rap for being really expensive, but I'm like, uh uh-uh, Harris Teeter is just as expensive as Whole Foods. Oh my word. It's true. Same same with Publix. Um, So, and I just, I really don't like large grocery stores. Like, I just hate it when you forget one thing and you have to walk the whole way back across the grocery store and you're like, ugh. So, um, that's a very first world problem, but so I love, I used to go to Trader Joe's a lot more. I don't just because it's across town from me now. Um, so we do a lot more of the Whole Foods delivery. But at, probably once a month, I'll go to Trader Joe's for like my Trader Joe's staple items. And then um, Costco will do like once a month because you just can't beat their price on on like applesauce for kids. And, yeah, you know, a lot of things like that will go once a month. Um but really our main is Whole Foods at this point, which I've been, I've just been really impressed because they're, they have a store brand, their 365 brand, which again, I think part of the reason to maybe Whole Foods is rough is because people are buying, um, I wouldn't say go there and buy like Annie's brand macaroni and cheese. Like it's sure. probably, but Whole Foods brand macaroni and cheese 
is the same, like it's the same as Target brand macaroni and cheese. So it's like their store brand is a great price. And so much of what we're buying is basics that I'm cooking, you know, like bulk brown rice and chicken and green beans. So it's, I'm not really buying specialty items very much. I'm just buying the same old, same old stuff. Yeah. I I love Trader Joe's so much. And ours is like 40 minutes from our house. Okay. It's such a far drive that I have yet to go shopping there. I think I've been once since I've had my three children, not even kidding. Um, Cause it's just so far and they don't do delivery. Also, just like schlepping the kids in there. And then also there's a learning curve with Trader Joe's because they have their own brands and they're real, like really unique mm-hmm. stuff. But man, when you find the good stuff at Trader Joe's, it's so good. So I want to yeah. know what are your favorite Trader Joe go-to items that you get every time you go? Every time I go to Trader Joe's, I get, well, it's, it's a no-brainer if you're a Naptown Kitchen Flyer. I always get Salsa Verde and their tomato-less corn salsa because I add them to a million recipes, and they're just killer. I always get their dark chocolate honey mints, um, which are like basically like their version of a York peppermint patty. I um, I always get their vegetable fried rice, and we add scrambled eggs to it. Um, and... Gosh, I'm trying to think of what else. So many things now I feel like I have been able to find outside of Trader Joe's if you look hard, you know, if you look hard enough. Um, oh, I'm, I'm kind of blanking on my other. Well, I'll share, I'll share some of mine. I want to know if you've had any of these. Honey sesame cashews. Have you ever had their honey Never sesame cashews? Okay, that's going on your list. Next time you go, it's so good. It's like my favorite snack. And then their dark chocolate covered sea salt almonds. Yes. Also delicious. We have those. Um, so good. The Speculoos cookie butter. I mean, they I, just call it cookie butter, right? Do you like I, that? What do you, how do you feel about I've that? I've never really gotten into cookie butter. I love Nutella a lot, uh-huh. but I have never like gotten super into the cookie butter craze. My husband really loves the cookie butter. We were like the cookie butter. And then uh, they're rolled oats. They come in like these bags and they're gluten-free. I love their rolled oats. They're classic salsa, Trader Joe's salsa. And then they have this juice. What is it? It's like orange, mango, something else juice. Uh-huh. It's so good. Anyway, it's just fun. I love talking about Trader Joe's stuff because it's fun and I never get to shop there. So really, this is kind of pointless for me. But I always love here, like the naan that you mentioned, I'd never have gotten their frozen oh, it's naan. Great. So. so great. It's so easy. Oh, and then here's a tip that's really valuable that you taught me is the frozen cubes of garlic yes. and ginger. Lifesaver. That changed. That has changed a lot. So, of how I cook and and it's really really good. I don't think I've ever cut garlic since I found those. I mean, it's just like I know it's better, but I'm like, no, I just don't care enough. I just don't. Care I enough. totally agree. It literally is life changing, and it saves you so much time. And I think Target has started to do it. Some yes. Targets you can find it in now, which is kind of crazy. Um, anyway, that was a total tangent, but I just feel like it's really fun to ask people about that and to learn. Cause you always are like, Oh, I want to try that next time I go. Um, yes. okay. So what are some of your go-to meals? I know you said that you have like a cuisine, but maybe just share some of your, I know probably every meal that you blog about is a favorite because it's worth putting on your blog, but what are like maybe three or four meals that are like no brainers. You said the Greekish chicken um, yeah. that people can find on your blog and try. Yeah. The Greekish chicken because 
so uh, kind of a tip for chicken. We tend to always cook it in such a way that we can shred it. Like we, we never really eat a chicken breast on a plate, but the yeah. reason is because, well, one, Nate actually prefers it this way. And so do I, um, we're not huge meat eaters. Um, but it goes so much further. Like if you take two chicken breasts and you shred them, you really can get double the chicken out of it because it, it like soaks up the juice. Maybe you have some other stuff in the crock pot, but it goes so much further. And then it, the juice over like rice, it's just divine. So we, we do a lot in the crock pot for the sake of having some leftover. Um, and so the Greekish chicken is a huge one. I love the Adele's chicken sausage. I get it in a three pack at Costco. Um, and so I will either roast that or saute that in a frying pan with like peppers and onions and we'll have it with like brown rice or we'll do um, the one pan meal, which is on my blog. And it is with the Adele's chicken sausage. And it comes with a homemade honey mustard that is really easy. Um, and it is one of the most popular meals for Naptime Kitchen. I mean, it's just delicious. I've never tried that one. I cannot wait. I'm really excited about that now. Um, and the honey mustard is just really good. Um, and then the uh, my black bean soup is really popular recipe. I actually made it today. Scout asked for black bean soup. Um, so the kids really like it too. And it is so easy. That's what I use the Trader Joe's salsa every day. Um, and then we just do a lot of meals that are like component type meals where I'll make, we eat a lot of pasta. I should say that. I mean, pasta is our favorite food by far. It's never, it's always received well. Nate loves it. I love it. So Pasta with some sauce is at least once a week. And a lot of the times the sauce is olive oil and uh, Parmesan cheese. Just That's so simple. Just so good. I mean, if any, we'll make tortellini or um, anything, but with good Parmesan cheese and olive oil, it's just, it's really decadent if you just, uh, it's just delicious. So um, I love that. Yeah. We eat pasta at least once a week. I love that so much. It's like just, yeah, simple, easy. Simple. I feel like you're reframing my mindset towards meal planning in a really good way because it's less pressure and it's more about looking at what you have, getting creative, you know, piecing things together and not putting so much pressure on yourself to follow. Yeah. Like you said, like five or six recipes every single week, but instead choose like three, make them for you, choose things that you enjoy. And then just flex. Like, I think that's my favorite tip you've given so far is not to assign them to a certain night of the week, but just do what you feel like doing and let the weather dictate your meals, let your schedule dictate them and let your desires, like, what do you want that night dictated? Yeah. I love that. And I think just kind of as an encouragement to people with the, because some people might be like, okay, it's easy for you to like kind of dream up food, but it feels really stressful. Kind of the same way we were saying, like, your kids are eating multiple meals a day. They will be fine if dinner doesn't go well. I think it's, I can't remember where I heard this. I, I, I can't remember where it was growing up, but it was somewhere where my family, maybe my mom told me this. We were hosting like a, I was hosting a baby shower or something like that. And whoever said it to me, I, I want to give credit to my mom, was like, hey, just remember, this is not the only meal people will eat that day. Really taking yeah. the pressure off, like, of me hosting the baby shower. Like, you do not, 
this is not the only meal people are going to eat. Like if they leave hungry, they can go to Burger King. And if they, yep. you know, so I think with, with your family as well, like, man, just make some recipes that flop. It is, they will be so fine. I mean, they just, it's, if you make, if you make a casserole that you try something new and it's just flops, like it is one meal of three meals that day, you know, like 21 meals that week. It's just crazy how quickly it can just, it's just a meal. It's just a little bit of, so totally so much grace if it flops really. I feel like that just gives me permission to try more things and get creative and just mess up and like have fun along the way. I think my favorite thing about following you on Instagram and on your blog is and I mean this, Kate, like I, it has been such a burden on some days and some weeks with three small kids. And then I see you cooking and dancing in the kitchen and sharing some fun recipes or sharing the kids' plates. And I'm like, you know what? It doesn't have to be so hard. Yeah. It actually can be fun. And I think prioritizing meal planning for me, planning ahead a little bit more with it and not letting it get down to the wire removes the stress from mm-hmm. it. Um, and just knowing like, this can be fun if I let it be. But if my mentality towards it is like, oh, I have to do this mm-hmm. versus the mentality I get to, or I get to try something new, or I get to see what's in the pantry and what I can create, just kind of flipping that mentality is really helpful. Um, and then I wanted to ask you, have you, do you use or have you heard of the all out of lists? I have not. Okay, so this, I love this, and this is one of the things, I don't know if you just handwrite, I mean, well, you just add it to the app, I think, but for your grocery list shopping, we have this all out of notepad that's stuck to our fridge with a magnet, uh-huh. and it has tons of staples, um, just like a basically a built-out grocery list with empty check boxes beside them, and when you run out of it, you just check it on the list, and that oh, serves as nice. your grocery list. It has been really helpful as far as grocery shopping and meal planning because I'll add, I'll check off boxes throughout the list or throughout the week. And then whenever it's time to meal plan, I'll kind of go back and fill in some of the things that I need to buy as well. Um, And then I take that and like make my online order um, because I also do a lot of like grocery pickup. But anyway, that's just a random tip like for anyone who's listening. I don't know um, if you've heard of the all out of list, but you can get them for I think like $8 on Amazon and there's like, it's like a whole pack and you just stick it to your fridge and that's been really fun. Um, I have never heard of that. Yeah, it's really fun. Like if, I think you said the phrase down to the wire, you could have a, you could have like three to five recipes that you even like write out and tape to the side of your fridge that you write at the top down to the wire. And those are like five things that are like, oh my gosh, it's 530. I just don't even know. And you like go there and you're like, yes. Like just whatever those quick, the quickest things that you know how to make, you're 99% sure you have the ingredients for like probably three of them always. Yep. It like, just if that takes the pressure off for me down to the wire is, uh, grilled cheeses or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It's just, yes, you know, I think quesadillas and hot dogs, <laughs> you know, and exactly. Like, again, like that is great. That is so great. You know, your kids probably like celebrate that meal. They're like, totally hot dog night. <laughs> totally. So. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So what brings you the most joy when you're cooking? Like what are things that you do to just make it 
fun that we could maybe adapt and bring back into our meal planning and cooking? Um, man, well, I, I love listening to music. I take great joy in making like playlists and listening to music. And I think it just, I don't know why it, I really am just drawn to it. Like if I am, if I don't have anything to do, creating something in the kitchen brings me a lot of joy. Um, which I think when you're ha- when you have young kids, one thing this can be very hard because the eating part of it can feel really robbed. Like you're like, I made this whole meal, everyone is eating in six minutes. People are complaining. I'm wolfing down my food. That was so much work, and the payoff is like gone. And so maybe I guess one thing that can help me, and maybe part of it is my Instagram has really helped, is the process of cooking it. I've started to realize the process of cooking it is enjoyable for me. So even if we eat it really quickly, the making of it was nourishing for me and enjoyable and thinking about the recipe. And if it was a good recipe being like, wow, that was great. Okay. I can add that to the list. I could share that on my Instagram, you know, all that stuff around it brings me a lot of joy. So, um, probably the, the process of cooking it, I enjoy, which I feel like a lot of listeners are going to be like, yeah, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I'll go over as well. Um, but I, I just like it. I don't like it always. So I, I do need to have that out there. Like I, pro, you know, I have a lot of meal planning sessions that are like, ugh, I don't want to do this either. What is easy? And I would say if you get into those burnout phases, like you should write yourself a big pass and plan that next week very easy. Like cheese quesadillas and hot dogs and make it, meals that are really fast and really easy. Like give yourself some recoup time because especially if you have young kids, there really is never a break unless you go on vacation without your kids. Cause even on vacation, you're like having to deal with feeding them. There's yep. never yep. a break. There's never a weekend from cooking if you're a parent. So you can almost like create a, a break for yourself by just being like, we're doing convenience meals for the next four days. Yeah. You know, like just kind of give yourself permission. Um, so for, I think, sorry, one other thing. For me, finding joy a lot of times is making just something that is not a meal, but that I enjoy. So like peanut butter swirly cups are on my blog or making Ghirardelli boxed brownies. I'm going to do that today. Oh, something the best. like, oh my gosh, this is not, this is not a meal. This is just, I'm going to enjoy these. Like I'm going to make something like a treat, I guess. Um, yeah. is really fun for me. I think the takeaways I'm hearing that I need to implement in my life is not stress out about what does my husband want? What do my kids want? But just take the reins, make some meals that I'm excited to make that are for me, make some treats that I like make, you know, like if I'm the cook of the house, this is my territory. I need to just own it and I need to do things that I like. And if it's a hard week, then I can just say, we're doing easy meals because I'm the chef and I get to choose that, you know, yeah. and just thinking like, hey, and listening to music, like, what can I do if I really don't love cooking? Because I can promise you, Kate, I do not love cooking as much as you. I love <laughs> your joy for cooking, but I do not love it as much as you do. And so like, what are some things that I can do 
to make it more enjoyable, listening to music or listening to a podcast or doing it a little bit earlier in the day so that I'm not stressed out and I can go out and we can adventure with the kids on a walk or bike rides or whatever later on in the day, right before dinner, you know, yeah, just all of those are just really encouraging to hear. And then just keeping like a guilt-free, loose plan to stick to, but not feel like tied down to. Yes. And, and one other point on that, Nancy, just when you were saying about cooking earlier in the day, the chances that anyone in your family has like a sophisticated palate to where the reheating of food bothers them, I would say is probably low. So, I mean, even yeah. if are like, you know, I know a lot of people don't like the microwave, man, we are like ride or die microwave people over here. I'm yes. like, so, I mean, I'll make food earlier in the day and I'm like, this, yes, this would taste better if it was coming out of the oven at six o'clock, but it's not, it's going to be cooked at four and then we're going to microwave it at six. Yes. Like, you know, it's, I don't think anyone in my family is any the wiser and it takes so much pressure off of me. So, you know, utilize that microwave or that skillet or just reheat stuff later on. I mean, because sometimes 10 a.m. might really be the best time for you to cook a lot of stuff. You just Yeah, and I'm not thinking about dinner at 10 a.m., but a lot of times I need, I should be, because that's going to be less stressful for me later on that day. You yeah. Know? That's awesome. Oh, so much of this was so good, Kate. Thank you. I yeah. honestly am excited to like give my hand a try at this new kind of frame of mind or mind mindset towards meal planning. And yeah, it's going to be good. I'm really grateful. I want to end with three questions for you. These are totally unrelated okay. to food. And this is just anything that comes to your mind or anything that you want to recommend. I always end my interviews with these questions. So okay. what is a book that you're loving or a book that you've read that um, you have loved recently? Um, one, well, um, Nonfiction would be Loving the Little Years by I think, Rachel Jankovic. I can't remember if I'm saying her name correctly, but I've read it probably five times. It's so short. The chapters are like two pages, but they're just good hitters for moms. I just like, I really like her book. And it's, it's, I read it right as the, as the COVID was starting and we were yeah. at home. And it was perfect timing of just like, we are so in good. the years and we are home all day. Um, yeah. And then this, this tender land, um, gosh, I don't, I, I can't think of the author, but that was a fiction book that I just read and really loved. I love that. Um, I have heard of Loving the Little Years and I have not read it. So this was just the kick in the pants I needed to actually go it's get it. It's so short. It's so easy. But I, I really, I just, I just think she talks in a way that I'm like, it's not over spiritual, but it's, it, she is a Christian. So there, she is, I don't know. It's just well done. It's practical yeah. and funny and, and lighthearted. And she just has a lot of grace for herself. So I, I like love that. We all need that. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. What's a product that you're loving can literally be anything. Um, I, so I would say the beauty counter cleansing balm. It's my new face wash. And is I've, this the thing that's almost like, it's not like Vaseline, but it's almost like It's like that. you're rubbing it into your face. It is the most fabulous thing ever. So, and like, you know, I, I now sell Beauty Counter, but I, before, I mean, it's just fabulous. It's 
it's such an enjoyable product. I don't know. It feels like a massage on my face every night and it's just. Do you use that to take off your makeup too? Is it all in one or do you take off your makeup first? Nope. You just rub it. And then do you put any moisturizer or anything on afterwards? I use a face oil afterward. Okay. It is, it's just fab. I don't know how to explain it. It's so nourishing. It's, it's like decadent. I don't know. It's fabulous feeling. It really feels like this little mini spa session at night. <laughs> I, love it. I love that. My sister sells Beauty Counter and I she sends me samples of these things all the time. But I have tried the cleansing balm and didn't actually get it. But I can't even tell you how many people have told me about it and how much they're loving it. So I'm like, okay, yes. I think I need to go back and revisit it because it was really nice. I think my favorite thing about it is just the way that it makes your skin feel. It's like yes. so smooth afterwards. Anyway. Oh, I love that. So good. I also use uh, beauty counter stuff. I love their night cream. Uh, I think yeah. it's their beauty, their counter time line. Anyway, uh-huh. so good. Um, thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. I really want to go get some now. <laughs> great. Okay. Last question for you. How do you maintain a healthy soul and a fulfilling life? A really loaded question. <laughs> um, I I feel like my answer is going to sound stupid because I don't know if it's correct. I know there's no like a. It's okay. Answer. There is no correct answer. Um, Just give it to us. You're good. I I think for me, waking up early has really helped my overall. I I am a pretty busy high energy person by nature. And in the morning I can be alone and I can exercise and I can read my Bible and I can pray. And I just kind of have this protected time that I really think has transformed my days because I'm not, I I just feel like it starts me in a really healthy place. Um, So I, I don't know. I think meeting with God in the morning is really helpful for me because it is very easy for me to not do it if I don't do it in the morning. Um, So I think the way I start my day, even with COVID, everything, you know, we're stuck at home. I have, I, I still wake up at the same time and do the same thing in the morning because I'm like it, everything else about the day is unstructured and who knows what's going to happen, but I'm like that hour and 15 minutes in the morning is like super grounding for me. So I could not agree more. I feel like that is the absolute right answer. I, <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. I even have this guide on my website just to give you an idea of like how to become a morning person because it literally is life-changing, like how to create yeah. a morning routine that you love. And I, so I've been in Beaufort for two weeks during COVID. And, you know, it's just crazy. And I've, the kids are all sleeping in a tiny room together, right attached to our room. We actually have to like walk through their room to go downstairs. And so I can't get up early before them because I'll wake them up Uh and they're waking up super early because we're in a different house and we're just kind of off schedule. We're in, you know, family trip mode, but I miss it. Like I crave it. It is such a huge thing. And I think if you can just beat the kids awake and just have a few thoughts Mm -hmm. that aren't immediately directed towards their needs, but like your own, it makes a huge difference. So I just have to go on the record and say, that is an awesome answer. And I could not agree more. 
And I, I want to encourage you, Nancy, because something I have added to mine, which I got from your podcast, was the top three thing. Like yes. you did a podcast episode. And so that is now like kind of the last, my, my kids have a clock that turns green at 6.55 and they obey it for yep. the most part. So really at like 6.51, I like do my top three. I'm like, okay, yes. what is, and it really, I mean, it is just kind of the perfect segue into the day is starting. I'm like, okay, so what are the, what are my three things for the day? And I write them down. And so I got that from you and it has, I have loved it. I'm so glad that's been helpful. It is such a simple exercise that really can change the game. And it just makes you feel like at the end of the day, okay, you at least have something to kind of like measure or look back on or feel like you've made traction on something. Because if I don't do those, if I don't write them down or say anything, I can look back and be like, I did a million things, but I don't know what, you know, but if you have those three things, you just, it makes you feel better. So that's awesome. I'm so glad that has been helpful for you. Kate, you are awesome. I just want to say you are one of my very favorite people to follow on Instagram. My family loves your meals. Several of the ones that you mentioned today, I've tried, like the black bean soup, fantastic. Obviously, the honey butter chicken that I started this episode out with. Um, the Greekish chicken we love, and I'm really excited to try the sausage one pan dish now. Yes. So um, I know if you guys who are listening have not tried her recipes, just choose one of those and you'll you'll be a fan forever. Um, but seriously, thank you. Thank you for just being the joyful person that you are and being so honest and real. Um, it has really been a blessing to me. I know that's so weird. Instagram and this whole world that we live in is kind of strange because you can feel like you know people and you don't. Um, but I'm glad to say that I do know you and I have really been grateful just for the voice that you've had in my life via that platform and through your blog. And my family loves your meals too. So thank you so much for being on today. And I would love for you to share with anyone who's listening just where they can find you, um, your website and on Instagram. Yes. So I am, it's very easy. The Instagram is Naptime Kitchen. The blog is naptimekitchen.com. So all the recipes will be there. Perfect. We'll be sure to link to you in the show notes. Kate, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This was wonderful, Nancy. Thanks for having me. Okay, it's time for the Work and Play Corner Store, and I'm going to grab a book and a thing from my conversation with Kate today to fill up the corner store. This is where we just recommend some things that we love. And whenever I have a guest on, I always allow them to, to recommend something and for it to be part of the corner store. I may get a small commission from anything bought through these links, which helps me continue to bring this podcast to you every week. So today I'm going to be adding the book that Kate recommended, Loving the Little Years. I'm really excited to read it. Uh, I'm really excited to read it myself. And I'm also going to be putting in her Beauty Counter Cleansing Cream, as well as my All Out of List, because it really has been a lifesaver for us. I'm so grateful you were listening. Thank you so much to listening to episode 56 of Work and Play with Nancy Ray. Everything I've mentioned can be found in the show notes at nancyray.com slash podcast slash 56. And you can find me at nancyray.com or follow me at Nancy Ray on Instagram or Facebook almost daily. I'm going to close with a quote by Julia Child who said, people who love to eat are always the best people. I 100% agree. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.